0: You're listening to the Sprues and Bruce Podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode one hundred and forty-seven of the Sprues and Bruce Podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello and that's it <laughs> Unfortunately Jay's had to have the night off again uh, Due to in real life commitments uh, So no Jay this week But he will be back next week We promise But um, well, we are up- back this week We are back this week aren't we Well that's that's the important thing um, I now Matt have working internet Huzzah <sighs> um, So we've been able to to record this week So apologies that We did quite an episode uh, last week We are going to be catching up on the news this week So there's quite a bit in that segment Um And uh, we're also going to be doing the top three that we advertised like two weeks ago. So for those that can't remember this week's top three, we're going to be looking at sort of realms and locations that we'd love to see supplements for basically, aren't we, Matt? Um, So that's going to be this week's top three. We're also going to be reading out uh, the community choices towards the end of the show. But, you know, the most special thing about this week's episode
1: is what, we're going to be what, talk... is, what is the most special thing about this episode? We're gonna to get to talk about orcs. We are
0: I'm so wow. excited. So uh, Matt has got the um, the latest sort of codex um, because you uh, you pre-ordered the beast snaggers box, didn't you, Matt? I did. I snagged
1: one. You <laughs> <laughs> snagged the
0: website. one. Uh. So we uh, we're gonna that's gonna be our main segment this week, because of course it is. Uh, and we're also gonna go um through all our hobby updates, which actually we're gonna do next. So what have we been up to in this past two weeks? because we didn't record last week what have you been up to matt oh
1: what have i been up to what have i been up to well i painted gazgal and makari over the last uh couple of weeks and Excellent. i am really really happy with how he turned out
0: he looks a, a pair of them
1: I'm, I'm really happy with
0: yeah he, he looks your gazgal looks absolutely amazing i think it's my favorite thing that you painted
1: yeah, I, I, I'm so happy with it. And I'm and, and really happy with Makari as well. Mostly his banner, there's a lot of weathering and stuff on there. And that I, I followed Duncan Rhodes' um, guide on, on Gaskell, and that armour is surprisingly easy to do. Just lots of dry brushing, basically. Yeah. Uh, you, you you thin down some Rhinox hide and kind of paint it into the cracks for accumulated dirt, and then sponge on some chipping. Job done. Cool. So yeah, really really happy with that. So th- th- I took a bit longer doing them than I normally would do because again, the hobby resolution, staying on track with that. Wanted to uh, push myself with painting, so I think I've I think I've done all right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also built a load of stuff these last two weeks, Dave. <laughs> I have built the Water Guild and the Slaver Guild for Necromunda because, as you know, I love a bit of Necromunda and I can't wait Absolutely. to get playing. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll be playing a game of necromander very soon as well. Yeah. Uh, I've also built a lot of Elder Scrolls Online stuff. All the Draugr. I've built a load of adventurers. I've built and sprayed a load of scenery because, um, yeah, I kind of I, it came out last summer, which was probably a bad time for a game to get released. In all fairness, yeah, <laughs> right in the middle of uh, COVID, and um yeah the, a lot of the range was kind of drip fed since then and they've just had a big a big chunk of the the range which i think realistically gives you enough models to play with it properly this is something we've said on a lot of kickstarters and new games that come in for foul of this that when you launch the game you can't release everything in one go and obviously warhammer and stuff's got the advantage of there's so many armies and stuff that exist already so I think yeah. Elder Scrolls is now in the position where there's a big collection of miniatures enough to like play the game properly as it was intended. Yeah. So uh, I've been I've been hoping, because it's a solo game as well, that you play against an AI. I always think it'd be a really fun one to do some content on for the website as well. So some solo streams and stuff. So with that in mind, I've been building and starting to paint up some stuff ready for it. I've actually got my brother coming round tomorrow for us to attempt our first uh Aim against the, the game, so that should be interesting. Excellent,
0: yeah, so that's uh, that's really cool. I, I, um, I think one of our one of your very first was it a stream that you did some Elder Scrolls on when you originally got it, or
1: was it a, I can't remember what you did now. No, I've not, I've not streamed Elder Scrolls, um, but yeah, so so really looking forward to doing that. I've also got Zod Grog Wartsnagger on my uh, desk as well. He's the kind of um, I guess he's a, a bit of a rebel of a runt herd who believes in grot rights and all this Gretchen are really kind of strong and tough uh, out of the beast box. I'm currently building him up uh, after, after the stream. I'm going to try and uh, get more of the box built up because I need to paint some squigs, Dave desperately.
0: Yeah. They, they, they look like they're going to be so much fun to paint.
1: Yeah, they really really are. They really are. So how about you? What have you been working on the last two weeks, Dave? Uh,
0: now bearing in mind, it's just been so hot that I've, I've, I've probably not done as much painting as I was, would have liked to have done, but it's, it doesn't make for great painting weather when it's um feeling like you're in the realm of actually um but i have been painting quite a bit of skaven so i've got almost 15 clan rats finished um what nice. the bases do on the last five um they're, they're really quick and easy to paint um so um it's, the only reason it's taking me quite a while is because i've not really had a chance to sit down and do some painting um but i'm really impressed with my grace here so um, my Grace here on foot, he's going to be leading my starting uh, path to glory force for my Skaven very happy with how he turned out He was um, he's a real characterful model like the rat jumping from his hand uh, that's really cool um, and I've also got my storm fiends sprayed uh, ready to to paint I'm, I'm really looking forward to painting those I really want to get this first 20 clan rats done so I can I can get stuck into those free um, they're going to put most of the work into my warband I think
1: once um, they're done, is that the 600 points Path to Glory painted
0: them? Absolutely, that's 600 points nice. of Skaven then uh, and then I'm probably going to work on some storm vermin um, okay. but I probably won't start them for a couple of weeks because there's there's a few other projects that I want to do and finish before um, before I push on the Skaven uh, as tempted as I am um, I think after the stream today I'm going to start building uh Kragnos because um he's been needing to be built for for quite some time so i think he's going to be the next thing that i uh, tackle and i've also got some imperial guard that i want to to get a crusade Armour going for so what quite is... a bit to... oh and orlocks we've been talking a lot about necromunda <laughs> um as as we'll talk about in the news in a few moments i, I really want to um get going with the orlocks but I'm, what's probably going to there's going to be something that's going to hold me off finishing building those which we'll talk about shortly um so yeah i think I think really that's that's it for me in the the hobby. Quite a quiet one, um, considering it's been two weeks. But uh, really no, you, You're right, you're thing. right. Though
1: it's been so hot. I mean, that's why I've built like a load of unbuilt models because it was too hot. I, I managed to finish Gazco and Macari. It took about a week and a half just because paint was drying on my palette it was just ridiculously hot to paint so yeah. in little stretches where it was a bit cooler i did him and then yes yeah, but the rest of the time building so do not blame you dave uh,
0: no but it, it's been really fun painting rats it's an army that i've been really looking forward to to making a start on for ages and um
1: how did yeah, you find um good. painting them as well because i know it's it, like you say it's one that you've been looking forward to and sometimes i mean i've had armies where i get to them actually i don't like anything cool oh, i don't like painting these models i take it you've enjoyed uh i have.
0: I have, they're really straightforward to do. I, I'm obviously using contrast because I'm a massive contrast fan. Um, and they've, they've just been really straightforward to do. They've not really got any detail. Um, I'm going to be painting a lot of them, so it's it's good that they're so straightforward to do. But I, I really can't wait to start painting those Storm Fiends. Um, they're really cool models. I, 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 we, we were discussing before we started recording about um, building stuff. And they're a little bit... Um, because we're so used to like instructions nowadays, there are a little bit, there's a couple little fiddly bits, um, mm. on the Storm Fiends. Nothing too taxing, but just made me think, like, if these were re released now, these instructions would be a lot clearer. Yeah, but we've um, been spoiled, haven't we, recently by instructions? We really have. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's me for, for this week's uh hobby. So it's time we took a pause and we're going to talk about all of the last fortnight's worth of news. So uh, grab another brew and uh, let's get into that. Brace yourself. This is a very good news segment. What what have we seen and heard in the last couple of weeks,
1: Matt? Well, first of all, pre-orders for this week. The Adeptus Sororitas have, have vanished off the face of the earth for about a month now. But <laughs> the rest of their the wave is now on the way this very weekend. Uh, first of all, with a uh, Combat Patrol box, which is an interesting one, because it is the contents of the Adeptus Sororitas launch box, plus a Rhino. So mm. these are £85. I think that's a really good price for this.
0: I I think it's one of the best Combat Patrols we've seen so far. Um, I mean, it is a little bit annoying that you only get, like, free Arco Ficulants and stuff, but I, I still think it's a great value box.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously... you. Uh, these aren't the multi-part kits, so it, there's more value in number of models than you'd get compared to the multi-part kits in comparison, but by their very nature, the multi-part kits have got more options, so just bear that in mind. I, But back when it first came out, I picked up two of the Adeptus for our test launch boxes, and it is quite easy to convert the models to make them look different, throw some different weapons here or there. You will have to cut and reposition a little bit, but it is doable. And, um, you know, if you can get this from Element, it'll be what, 60, 62 quid, something like that, which is a bargain yeah. for all the stuff in it. You know, a, a squad of sisters and a rhino will cost you that and you're getting a you know, a, a squad of Seraphim in there. you get in the Penitent Engine. You're in the characters. So, yeah, really good buy. Especially if you're new to Adeptus Sororitas. If you're an existing sister battle player that's already got the launch box, arguably you're probably, probably better off with the multi-part kits because it's easier than having to convert them. But yeah. still, really good buy. Um, They also are reinforced by the Castigator tank, which I don't know about you, but I really like it. I think it's a great
0: tank. I think it's got enough, like, Visual cues to the Predator, but it's still very much a sister battle tank.
1: Yeah, it's, it, to me, it's something halfway between a Predator and a Lehman Russ and a church. <laughs>
0: Such is the way of the sisters.
1: Exactly. So yes, yeah, so I really like that. I uh, I'm actually picked up the new the new codex because Jay was all in on the on the sisters, wasn't he? And I think they've gone yeah. on the back behind it for a little while. So I might pick up the book so I can uh, get those out of retirement. We've also got a pair of characters, uh, Astrid Thurger and Agatha Dolan, who is the uh, the banner bearer. And the uh the, the, the nun with the kind of icon. She kinda of reminds me of the you know the um the, the, the nun out of the episode of Blackadder, where they're having a boisterous boys party. She absolutely does, yeah. So I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that was inspired by. Gotta be, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to think so. If it isn't, then it should be.
1: Yeah, so so they're really nice. Uh, again I've not got the critics, I don't know what they do, but that banner bear is really cool, isn't it? Yeah, very cool. We've also got a, um, a really nice set coming out. £90, this is the Battlezone Charidon set, and it includes a load of scenery, quite a few pieces of the um, Mechanicus scenery, some of the hemiotrope reactors, some of the little plasma reactor things, a set of pipes and a playing surface. So essentially a battlefield in a box. £90 doesn't seem a bad price either, I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I think I think it's I think it's a great price. So um, yeah, this uh, on our review of the terrain out of the Age of Sigmar starter set, I said I hope we see some more of these things for AOS, and this gives me good hopes that for both games we'll see, you know, themed scenery collections with a matching board. It's really really good, especially with those smaller points levels now using those smaller playing surfaces as well. Yeah. Obviously for a bigger a bigger surface. For uh, the the forty k they've done a quite good design where the double sided sided boards and I think most of them the kind of patterning matches across multiple ones. So you can kind of mix and match sets. Um I imagine we'll probably see the same for, for AOS as well. Uh alongside that there's a few of the Mechanicus scenery kits that are coming out. I think they've just been reboxed to be fair. The yeah. Galvanic Magnavent, the Ferrotonic Furnace, and the Transteric Gantries. Uh, the gantry. I didn't realise they'd gone out of um, production. No, well they, they disappeared from the web store. The gantries is a cool one because you've never been able to buy just the gantries by themselves. Ah. Cool. Making it now, a couple of boxes of them. Really easy to do because that, <laughs> for Necromunda, two of the um, the columns stacked on top of each other is the same height as those gantries. So I am thinking picking up a couple of those boxes for some walkways across your columns in Necromunda to make a really dense layered city. Yeah, that'd uh, be really a lot cool. Of, a lot of the boards in Warhammer World do that, but it's it's always been a bit cost prohibitive to get those because they were just included with the other sets. Now you can yeah. just get Gantries. Gantries for days, Dave. <laughs> so yeah, really excited for that. I don't know the price of those. Uh alongside them, we've got terrain data sheet cards. Now cast your mind back dave to probably a year ago when the um the terrain battle pack came out i forget what it's called it's on the shelf uh, tactical deployment and that was games built around both opponents bringing a collection of scenery and we docked it some points in our review because that book didn't actually contain all the scenery rules and we're like okay well i'm sure those scenery rules will come at some point point fast forward a year and the terrain data sheet cards for all the mechanicum scenery have come out this is really good but it's just frustrating it didn't come out in that book or at the same yeah. time i don't know why it's, it seems like a no-brainer uh, to be fair though i think the way the data sheets work in 40k a lot of people will just be using those generic kind of rules that are in the core rule book more so than an actual data sheet with the rules for that scenery piece so what, what do you think
0: I um yeah I, I agree that this should have come out with with the book. I still I still think the rule should have just been in the book anyway. Um,
1: yeah. And so I think that's cards, always going to
0: leave a bad taste.
1: Yeah, the pack of cards costs fifteen pounds as well for twenty two cards. Uh, seems a little bit on the pricey side for
0: that yeah, one. Yeah, I'll be but giving the, that a skip.
1: But the rest of it, the scenery, awesome. Yeah, all all the scenery, all the time, as far as I'm concerned. We move into Necromunda. And all of the House of Books have come out, apart from one, featuring the Delac. Well, thankfully, on Saturday, House of Shadow is up for pre-order. This is the final in the initial six House of Books that cover those initial Necromunda gangs. Uh, the the, the, the Delac are the very kind of sneaky, stealthy, sinister information gathering, rumoured to be vampires rumoured to be abhumans rumoured to be aliens all sorts of rumours going around them. but nobody knows and they like it that way because they spread disinformation i think this is going to be a really fun one to read as all the house of books you've have you got two of these now dave no i've uh, i've only got the one i've got house of chains
0: for house goliath i still need to pick up the um house of iron because I've, mm. I, obviously i'm going to be using all that so i haven't got around to getting that yet but um i think uh, the, all this talk of Necromundra, I, I need to get
1: it. Yeah, the really cool box, and that and that fleshes out then all of the uh, all of the all of the books for the initial houses. Uh, alongside this, we've got some gang cards for Dalak and some dice. As ever, if you want them, pre-order them at ten on Saturday because they tend to disappear. And those cards are really really handy for your games. Yeah, now, okay, in fairness it. to Games Workshop, all the contents of those cards are now included in the back of the book on a, a chart you can roll on. But it's just something about having physical cards, especially in a game. So you can even to remind yourself that you've got that uh, gang tactic. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and the other half of the deck is blank cards to write your stats for your units on as well. Again, works really well for Necromander, doesn't it? The fact yeah, that you can record for you, you know, rather than having a tatty bit of paper in a book or something. Um, as with the other House of Books, the Dalak gang has been expanded with a whole host of different uh, unit types. You've got Prospects, uh, the weird fish robot thing. Well, I forget <laughs> what it's called. The the Piscean pis- Spectre. You've got napped Ghouls, you've got Psy Ghouls, all weird, sinister stuff in there. Interestingly, the box looks to contain seven models, right. which is odd. Because all of the Necronunders sprues are duplicated sprues. So why is there not an even number of models? I can only assume that the weird fish monster thing shares some parts with another model that can be built out of that set as well. Uh. So due to random combination of parts, I think it's a case of you can build one of them there's not enough parts to build two of them over the two sprues but until we've seen the sprues in person i cannot confirm that but i imagine that's probably what it is that there's some shared components across those two models which is it's pushing um kind of dual builds to the extreme because a guy on foot is a very different looking model to a giant floating fish monster brain thing
0: (laughs) honestly i think i mean necromunda has got some weird models but well, this box is the weirdest so far.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, so yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how the split of Spruce is on that because um, yeah, it, it is intriguing. Because you'd assume all the other ones have been like two of each character type, haven't they? They yeah. have. So yeah. So that looks cool. All the models look ace. For House or lock, though, Dave, you are being treated to a big old box filled with weapons. I've not counted how many weapons are on here other than it's a lot yeah it's such a good upgrade sprue. i didn't
0: expect it to have the the best way of looking at it is um forge world obviously do some orlock upgrade sprues i think there's two of them this is like those two combined but in plastic you've got heads in there as well you've got i think you've got almost every weapon you'd you'd want for the orlocks
1: so I don't think you get every weapon. You get a lot of weapons, though. It's two duplicated sprues. I think in total you get about like, 40 weapons and 10 heads, but obviously they're doubled up. Yeah. Uh, but you've got plasma guns, you've got plasma pistols, you've got shotguns, flamers, chainsaws, grenade launchers, all sorts of stuff, melter gun in there. And like you say, this is the kind of stuff that you might buy one of those forgewell roll packs for for a single weapon. Um, £15, pounds, which I think is an absolute bargain. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just having a look again now and like those hammers are really cool. There's chain in there. There's a I think there's a point in hand point. In hand. point in hand. Um yeah, some really cool stuff. Really, really cool stuff.
1: So we so I, I honestly think now obviously you've got lots of options for Necronda now. You can there's a few routes you can go down. You can pick up the initial gang box plus the, the, the kind of specialist box they've got for each gang now and build your gang out of that. You could maybe pick up a second gang box, pick up this sprue, and then you've got different weapon loadouts and heads as well to keep it all different. So yeah. a lot of variety without having to buy those resin upgrades. So I, I take it you're going to pick up this one, Dave.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm really glad that I haven't fully built my O-lock, um warband. Yeah. So I can, so I can get these.
1: Well, I, um, I picked up the Escher one recently because I've got a, 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 a sprue of Escher that I hanging around waiting for uh, some weapon options and just like with these I can then give them some different loadouts. Recently Games Workshop on Warcom did confirm that all the other gangs are getting their upgrade kits by the end of the year as well which is cool. Excellent. So it's a shame it's a shame they've not come out next to the the House of Book. You know, it would have been nice for the Delac upgrade kit to come out with this book because people are probably going to pick up a Delac gang, aren't they?
0: yeah they are i don't why do you think that is do you think they just didn't think of it
1: or that seems unlikely that seems unlikely if i was a particularly skeptical person i'd say that you buy you buy a kit and build it as it is and then when this box comes out for the delac you then buy another box of delac to make some different guys with
0: yeah that's true that's the Uh, business way of looking at things
1: yeah, I mean, that might be it. Obviously, things have been impacted by COVID and the release schedule's all over the place and they're kind of catching up. So it could literally just be down to production capacity, maybe. But um yeah, definitely, definitely recommend them. I want to check out this spring because I think it'd be really good. While we're on next wonder as well, obviously, we've got all six gangs out. That is the original ones that were in the original game. They have said that there's another book coming out by the end of the year, which features a brand new gang. <laughs> That's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder what that could be. So, I mean, it depends how new is new. There was remember back when Eighth Edition Forty K came out, and uh, there was a lot of hype about a new army coming out, and and people didn't see the Death Guard as a new army, and Games Workshop had to say, no, no, Death Guard are a new army. They've they've been a you know unit before, but these are a brand new army. So, I think this could potentially be one of the old um, supplementary gangs that came out in expansions for the original run of Necromunda. So you had the Spirers, who are the rich kids. Basically, they are the, 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 the kids of all the uh, the guilders who have got more money than sense and buy a state-of-the-art battle suit, essentially, to go get down into the Underhive and hunt lowlives for fun. They were ridiculously powerful and you had like three people in your gang all toured out with the best tech that could be an option that would be really fun yeah uh there was also the Ratskin renegades who were kind of like native american themed so i imagine they'd probably rework that a little bit you know for any kind of cultural references maybe change that into something its own thing but um essentially it was a a low-tech gang that lived out in the in the wilds that is a cool option for a gang as well um The other way they could go with is the kind of uh, the road gangs alluded to in House of Iron. Basically think Mad Max and then you move it into the territory of vehicle supplements and stuff. So or they just create something entirely new. You could have Xenos, but, you know, it's it's a a busy trading planet, isn't it? You could have Xenos races that we've not actually seen in 40K sending delegations down into the Underhive. That'd
0: be really cool. And that might bring more people into Necromunda that don't just want to play with humans, for lack of a better word. You know, you've got your fans that want these alien races and stuff, so it could tempt a new player in.
1: Yeah, especially if it's the really the really wacky stuff. I forget what they're called, but essentially Space gaven. What were they called, Dave? They looked I a bit don't. like Jowers and had high-tech weapons. <laughs>
0: I can't just remember like what that. they're called.
1: You know stuff like that that they can accommodate a single sprue for. You know squats. We've got a couple of squat models. People that go ballistic for a squat uh, set for Necromunda. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what this this new gang is, and that is due out by the end of the year. Before we move on from Necromunda, we've also got from Forge World Lady Credo coming out. She represents ah. the uh, the the fallen rebel lord. So. Obviously, you've got the Slaver Guild, you've got the uh the Water Guild. This is another faction that you can ally yourself with. Basically a, a rebel uh a household, and she's the kind of like mistress that leads them, and she looks so cool, isn't she?
0: She's a stunning miniature, yeah. She's she's very, very nice.
1: Bit of a bit of a rogue trader duelist kind of look to her. Yeah. With a powdered wig, because of course. <laughs> this is Necromunda. This is Necromunda, yeah. So yeah, so really, really cool. I am looking forward to uh, picking up this miniature. So moving on from next Monday, we've also got off a pre-order until Sunday, I believe, 2 show-only models. Now, every year Games Workshop tend to have a pair of show-only models that you pick up at events and tournaments and open days and the like. Unfortunately, with the year that we've had, there's not been any possibility for those, has there? So Games Workshop made the decision to put them on the web store to buy for just this week only. There's a Necron Overlord and a Stormcast Knightquest. Um, uh So I, I'm not a big fan of the, the Necron, to be honest.
0: I like the Necron. He's it, a he's a tough one, and I'm on the fence about him at the moment. I was I was all for it, but I don't like his head. No. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of that, especially when you look at the Overlord from Indomitus. Like he is mean. He is absolutely mean. But I do want a Necron Lord with a Resorb, um, which yeah. the Demetrius one doesn't have. So um, I, I've, I have got a classic uh, Necron Overlord, uh, but he's in fine cast. So I don't know. I, I've still got a couple of days to think, but um, that's the main reason I'm tempted by
1: him. I it, It's the head that bugs me as well. If it was facing forward or even at like 45 degrees, the fact that he's pretty much like looking into his shoulder cart. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I, d- I just, I don't, I don't like it. I think I'd, if I would got it, I'd have to change the head on that one. I like just doesn't. He's yeah. he's really cool. He looks like Volton from uh, Warhammer: The World That Was. Do you know, know
0: what... him? Oh, yeah. What put me off the Stormcast is he looks super similar to the the, the original Lord Celestin model. He's just got obviously a, um, a, an actual head, uh, and his 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 arm is a little bit different, than his cape. But well, apart from that, like the pose is identical to Lord Celestine. Um, that's what really put me off him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he was a bit more Thunderstrike armor, maybe, I'd have, mm. I'd have liked him a bit more. He's obviously kind of classic aesthetic to him. But yeah, if, obviously some people are like these, they are available this week only, so don't miss out if you do want them. Are you a fan of uh, Warhammer Underworlds, Dave? I am Indeed. Have you often found that? Would it not be more fun to have a single character in a kind of death match environment? Mm-hmm. Well, there is a second edition of Arena Mortis. I believe it was about this time last year when Arena Mortis came out, allowing you to do that very thing: have a single hero in the uh, in a, in a death match for three to six players with lots of wacky stuff. That like basically, the more the more powerful your hero is, the less upgrades you get. So yeah. you could take like the crab and have all the upgrades in the world and be amazing. I think this is a really fun one. A, a second edition of it, a year on from the last one, this may be a little bit soon. Uh, they have had, you know, obviously it's got new cards in there, it's got some new mechanics. There's now a hazard deck. So on your turn you draw a hazard and something bad might happen to you. That yeah. mixes up a little bit. I don't yeah. think Arena Mortis is ever in the realm of super serious tournament play Absolutely to be fair. Not. This is probably more like the kind of stuff that we'd get a kick out of.
0: Yeah, I think it it has that kind of if you've got a big group of friends around it's um everybody can get involved. It's going to be pretty fast paced and um, there's going to be a lot of treachery. Um I, I think think it, yeah it's it's purely funness. It's not you're not going to see this going on at Warhammer World in a competitive sense.
1: No, but and speaking of treachery, it also contained rules for tag team elimination games and four to six player team games as well. Oh, so cool. yeah, I think I think we need to give this a go. That's a good excuse to to get some uh, Warhammer Underworld on the go, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Going back to the world that was though, we had a little bit of war news about Warhammer: The Old World. A lot of the old world Facebook pages and Twitter content had somehow got it in their minds that this was going to be like a 10 millimeter game or round bases were going to be involved, or it was basically a new edition of Warmaster. And Warhammer community took the opportunity to say, nah, it's, it, it's, it's Warhammer. <laughs> the, the square bases, it's 25 mil. It's, it's the, the game you ha- what loved. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think any of us ever thought it'd be anything but on square bases no no
0: I, I didn't expect it to be on round
1: um so yeah so so yeah square bases It is the same scale as the old game it is a new edition of warhammer fantasy but it is based on the best parts of third edition through to eighth edition you know all those editions had good parts and bad parts and like we said way back when they announced this i think they're going to try and do the same as they did with horus heresy where essentially they took the old version of 40k kind of filed off the bits that didn't work and made a kind of second edition of seventh edition yeah if that makes sense uh, that makes sense um, to me yeah um so you know all the old factions are going to be in it they even said all your old models can still be used in it as well how many people do you think read that and went i really wish i hadn't rebased my army Yeah, well, I know friend of the show, Lee, was very happy because all his skeeving is still on square because It could not be bothered to rebase them. So, yeah, I think this is a good thing. They did say this is still a long way out, though.
0: I think... um, I I don't think I mind that, actually. They're not not really, like, hyping it, hyping it. I think they had to come out and sort of quell the internet rumours and, I mean, it will mean that some people who are on the fence about rebasing, although I'm pretty sure they would have rebased them by now because sigmar has been out for years. They're uh, going to feel pretty justified. Um, it'll be exciting when it comes out. Let's just wait yeah. and see.
1: I'm I, I rebased all my armies and I sold. I had a, a wood elf army that I, I sold. It was my first army, and I had time at times think, oh, maybe you should have kept it. But at the end of the day, when this game comes out, it's going to be supported by some stunning models, isn't it?
0: It is. I mean, um, look at the Kislev, like, artist impression stuff we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, And that's just going to blow all those old armies out the water, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, obviously my demons. I guess the demon's are demon's a demon. <laughs> I'm not rebasing them. I've done that far too many times. <laughs> I might do a different army than demons for uh, the old world. But, yeah, excited for this. It's a long way off, though. So, uh, yeah. Don't don't hold your breath. I think it might be a couple of years. In me, all honesty, speaking of Forge World, though there, there, there was also uh, a little bit of covert infiltration from the Sons of Horus. So some people who ordered uh, Malagurst received a different model in their blister. Ooh. And uh, it turns out this model was a brand new Sons of Horus Praetor. So uh, Warcom shared some nice shiny pictures of him painted, and he looks really nice. To be fair. He, he's
0: a stunning-looking praetor. Yeah, I really like him.
1: They've uh, they've done this for, for a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, legions now, and it's almost as if they're getting all these out leading up to something. I don't know what that could be, Dave. <laughs> Let's back. <laughs> yeah, and maybe get the impression that this guy wasn't quite due out just yet, but you know, cat's out the bag now. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean. We, we're we excited to see we don't know what any details of this new Horus Heresy edition other than like the worst kept secret that was the new edition of 40k and the worst kept secret that was the new edition of Age of Sigmar there's a new edition of Horus Heresy coming this year isn't there with an awesome starter yeah, yeah,
0: box uh, you know I've been tempted to um I'm probably waiting for the like the official proper announcement but I've really got my eyes on that Thousand Suns Prey tour really nice. You? yeah
1: so you're thinking of, uh, of, of, of expanding your Thousand Suns?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> well, know, Maybe get some tanks.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. If you're a fan of Thousand Suns, though, Dave, that segues <laughs> amazingly into the next point of news that we've got. <laughs> we've heard a while back that there was a battle box pitting the Grey Knights against the Thousand Suns, and Warhammer Community today announced Hexfire, the uh, the the battle box that pits those two sides against each other, and this looks like a really really good box. So in the Grey Knight side, you get the Newcastle and Crow model. You get two five-man Grey Knight squads and a Dread Knight. All that would cost you a hundred pounds if you were to buy them separately. And they are facing off against a thousand Sons led by the Infernal Master, which is a brand new model who seems to be summoning like baby screamers of, of uh, <laughs> Zeench. Yeah. Um. You also get a unit of Scarab Occult. They're the specialist terminators for the Thousand Suns. You get a unit of 10 Zangors, and you get a Zangor Shaman. And all that would cost you £107.50. So you're talking £207, £208 worth of stuff in this box. you doing what the RRP is, I, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be £105, as a lot of recent big boxes from Games Workshop have been. It wouldn't surprise me if it was 120 though, just because of the value of the box. What are your thoughts on that? Uh,
0: You know, I was going to say 125.
1: 125?
0: Yeah, so I think 120 actually. I'm probably going to go with that. Um, I think it's a great value box. Um, We were just talking about the Thousand Suns. I've I've said to you quite a few times, Matt, I've been tempted to, because I do like my Heresy Thousand Suns, but I do really like the 40k one. So I've always been tempted. I also think it'd be a real painting challenge as well for me. Like as mm. I'm sort of developing my painting, that I want to get some of the um, the, the the 40k miniatures to, for, for for my Thousand Suns. This box plus start collecting Thousand Suns. You've got a nice force there. You've got Aramand. Oh. You've got the new the new HQ. You've got a Zangor Shaman. You've got two lots of ten Zangors. So you could make a unit of twenty, uh, and then of course you've got a unit of Rubrics and a unit of Terminators. So um, that I think that's a really uh, nice starting army.
1: And you know what else you've got in those two sets, Dave? The fledgling start of a Path to Glory AOS army as well.
0: Yeah, with the zangos. Yeah, yeah. With the Zango the Zango
1: Shaman, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it looks really cool. What they also said in here, which I really like as well, it comes with a 40-page book, and I think it's fair to say that in the past we've kind of glanced at that and thrown it to one side, yeah. but um, the 40-page the, the campaign book comes with uh, Crusade content, including campaign-specific battle scars, relics, and battle traits. Yeah. To, yeah. to basically, that, that then, you know, they're on your your, your roster and show the, the achievements you've made in that battle. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I think that's very cool. I um I think uh, A Thousand Suns Crusade Army would be really nice.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think so. So I think as soon as this is on pre-order, I think you and, uh, and Jay are probably splitting one of these, because I know Jay is furiously painting Grey Knights at the minute. Yeah, yes,
0: And they're looking very, very cool as well. I'm sure he'd have really enjoyed talking about them if he was on the show this week. Yeah, Sorry, talk-
1: <laughs> they, might, they might be on pre order next week. It might all work out nicely. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of Age of Sigma, though, moving into uh, the Immortal Realms. Last week, Games Workshop shared a little bit about one of the awesome new models coming out for the Crawl Boys. And uh, yeah, Gobsprack. Do you want to tell us a little about this guy, uh, Dave? Uh, you mean, aside from the fact that
0: he's the greatest model ever to... to well, he was almost the greatest model <laughs> ever to grace age of Sigmar. Uh, he's amazing. He's the, he's the voice of um, of Mork. He's um, the the cruel boy's equivalent of Gordrak, I guess, isn't he? Um, yeah, this,
1: this, this, this is the only person who can communicate with Kragnos. Now, whether he actually can or not, is up for debate, isn't it? <laughs> but the other orcs believe that he speaks to Kragnos and he's enacting his will. Where it's kind of reading between the lines, I think this guy's taking advantage a little bit, isn't he?
0: He is. I must have watched the trailer for this about four times within the first hour of seeing it. Um I adore this model. It looks epic in scale. The the actual guy himself on like he's almost like on a throne on top of yeah. this vulture thing. Um he's gonna be an amazing caster, that's for sure. Um the vulture itself is apparently an absolute boss in combat um yeah it's very cool and it's also a jewel kit it, it, it if you didn't want to build the special character the special shaman character you can build a, a generic killer boss on one of these big um vultures as well so i might have to get two matt so i've got a killer yeah. boss on one as well um I mean, it,
1: uh, what i like about it, the killer boss is um kind of vultures right and it's got like a different head as well with a big horned helmet
0: yeah to make him to make him look different. The first one I get is definitely going to be that name character because he looks so badass, but um the killer boss one also looks um very very cool.
1: You know what, you know what my favorite part about this is go on. The fact that this guy is so cunning. He managed to cut the hand off a lord <laughs> of change, mount it on a staff and then he uses that as a as like a psychic beacon so whenever so you cool. bind a spell the caster suffers D3 mortal wounds. And if he unbinds it on a 10+, plus, they suffer D6 mortal wounds. That's so good. It's amazing. Careful I, I, casting I,
0: absolutely, I absolutely want to face him off against... Te- I mean, Teclis will still beat him in the, the magic stakes, but he'll make Teclis take some mortal wounds.
1: Well, uh, more than that, one, one, one of Jay's uh, pesky archer units trying to cast a spell, and he casts it on a 10, yeah. and wipes out the entire unit yeah that's
0: cool uh i ca- i can't wait to pick this guy up it's um he's i'm definitely definitely, definitely picking him up
1: yeah it's it's really cool um i'm quite excited to paint one up myself but not as excited as the next thing we're going to talk about make make sure you sat down for this one <laughs> dragons are cool aren't they
0: oh they are so cool
1: so obviously in broken realms Kragnos we learned that the race of dragons is all but extinct Kragnos basically stomped on all their eggs and and brought the the race to its knees. If not for the intervention of Lord Croak, who managed to take away the last two dragon eggs and has incubated them over the aeons, dragons seem to have uh, come back into resurgence. Mm. And in the new Stormcast Eternals book, we get a duo of named dragons. There's Krondos, the son of Dracothian, who is part of Sigmar's inner circle and an absolutely gloriously beautiful dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have um, Kar- Karazai, the Scarred, who is a more kind of feral and vicious, and I don't think he he follows the rules and he's not part of Sigmar's entourage, but obviously he's allied with his, uh, his brother dragon. Uh, and these these pair are known as the Dragon Princess, which will obviously have some meaning for... Uh, old school warhammer fans and yeah basically this these i guess are the descendants of that dragon lineage that um the slan in secret have been um growing back up to full strength and i do wonder obviously these are two named dragons they've not got riders around anything. they're intelligent dragons could this be the precursor of a dragon army at some point
0: how amazing would that be i mean i think i think um they'll look cool leading an army of you know like kofi and guard and stuff your, your, your little mini star drakes and um Dracoffs and stuff but yeah imagine having an army of dragons that'd be that'd be epic
1: yeah they um i think on the on the actual trailer the, the smaller than I the thought they'd be i think they're out three Stormcast high which puts them on level with marathi maybe or the the zombie dragon i don't think they're quite uh sons of bayamat sized um, what I really like as well is that the, the, the pose is kind of... You've still got the same wing up in the air, but the one's looking to the left, one's looking to the right, which makes them look more different when you've got both builds in your army. Yeah. I think I'd probably try and reposition one of the wings if I did have two of them.
0: Yeah. Which one was your favourite?
1: I I don't know. I It's really hard. I, I think I prefer the red one.
0: Uh, see, I prefer the blue one. I prefer... Um, is it Crondis. Kr- Kr- um, I like the um, like the sigma armor that he's got on his uh, legs
1: and stuff. I think, I think that's funny really enough, cool. That's the bit that I don't like on him. Really? I prefer okay. the more free dragon. Okay, okay, yeah, that's
0: fair enough. Uh, uh, I and mean, saying that, I mean they're both stunning models, and I actually really like the fact that they they are characters. They don't have they don't have riders, uh, like you said, Matt. They're intelligent dragons. Yeah. And, yeah. Can't wait to see the rules for these guys.
1: Uh, and they're part of the, the Stormcast army now, now, Jay was hoping that they could be maybe taken in any army. I think if that was the case, they would have said in the article, I very much think these are going to be part of the Stormcast range. Yeah. But that's not to say at some point in the future, these pair are then in a Drakothian book. You know, that'd be cool. Uh, and, you know, there's quite a few armies that can ally with, with dragons. So if you're a fan of dragons, I'm sure there's a way of getting one in your army. I mean, buy just buy, just buy Dominion and a dragon. <laughs> there you go. You've probably got an army there, haven't you? You have.
0: Just don't charge him into Kragnos, really, because he's going to get rerolls against you.
1: Well, this is it. This is why we need, uh, if, if there's dragons on the horizon, we need Kragnos on the battlefield, don't we?
0: We do, we do. Um, don't worry, Matt. Give, give me a few days and I'll, I'll have the Kragnos done.
1: <laughs> awesome and that was our bumper packed news section some really cool
0: stuff in there what what was your favorite what was your pick of uh oh, of the, don't the bumper news?
1: don't make me pick those dragons are beautiful and i need two boxes of them i don't want to know the price tag because <laughs> that'll upset no. me no. uh realistically i've got so much stuff to work on I, I don't think there'll be an immediate first thing i need to Buy because I've got a lot of stuff to work on at the minute, I, I, but I do really really like them. I really like the Necromunda stuff as well. Mm. I'm excited to that we've got a new a new gang coming out just for just for variety more than anything, mm. and like you say, a potential in for people who don't like those six original gangs as well, yeah. especially if they go something really weird with them. If
0: we had like a bonus top three here. My third choice would be um, all of the cool new uh, the, the the new thousand sun content thousand suns content from uh, the new battle box. I think they're really cool. I think it's um, it's really going to kickstart my forty k um, thousand suns army. Uh, you think, my second... did mention
1: as well that along so, the same day that battle tome uh, that box comes out, both battle tomes are released. I think yeah. it was implied, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so
0: my second choice. It. I really love the dragons, but I think they're pipped to first place by um, I can't remember, but his name is They're the the name Shaman for the, for the Cruel Vulture. Boys. I think it's because I, I'm I'm a big Ork fan for Age of Sigma, and I've got I'm, I'm looking behind me now, and I've got a shelf that's there is no space left for any more Orks on there. Um, but I'm really looking forward to expanding the Cruel Boys, and he absolutely needs to lead them. Amazing. Excellent stuff. So that brings us to the end of a very lengthy news segment. But we are by no means done with this week's podcast. It is a big one. The next segment is, of course, the Orcs. So let's get stomping. It's time to go to war because Matt has got the new Orc Codex, which came with the Beast Snaggers launch box. Um, Matt, take us away.
1: Yeah, so first of all, this is more of a, a, an overview and first impressions and a full review. This only came at the weekend and I've been in work today, so I need a, I need a day locked in a room where I can dig through it properly. But I wanted to share the kind of cool stuff in there. As with other books, it is very, very pretty. There's lots of new lore in there, very much focused on the beast snaggers and the snake bites. They've kind of added a new sub-faction to this, really, with the Beastnaggers, who are the the Orcs who believe in the old ways. You know, technology and stuff's good, but it's not quite as good as being sat on a squig and whacking somebody over the head with a big old axe. You know, that's (laughs) that's the traditional way of killing somebody rather than shooting
0: them. That's how you Orc.
1: But they're not opposed to technology. You know, if... If you unfortunately lose your arm and most of your body to a squig, they're not opposed to that being um, replaced, but with cybernetics, you know, these are forward thinking, classic styled orcs, giving you a really weird combination of kind of feral, savage orcs who kind of look a bit like the Terminator. Yeah. Which is possibly the weirdest thing ever, but in a bizarre way, it 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 works, and it's something. I mean, I've I've said on a, in the run up to this, I'd love to see new cyborgs because that was a thing yeah. back in the day that they haven't really had in recent books, and they've 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 kind of gone it all in on two fronts in this book, down the squig stuff and down the cyborg stuff. Pretty much all of the new kits coming out of it's a combination of one or both of them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, so if you've played orcs before, there's nothing, there's nothing massively different here. There's still clans. The clans have had a bit of an improvement. Um, they're still kind of goths are still really good at combat. Evil sons are still really, really fast. Bad moons are really good at shooting. So, you know, you've got your traditional, um, kind of orc clans doing their clan stuff. Arguably one of the strongest ones, coincidentally, maybe the fact that they've got a load of new uh, <laughs> beast snagger kits coming out alongside it, are the snake bites. So they, they believe in the old ways and they're quite hardy. Uh, I mean, orcs are pretty hardy anyway, but they're hardier than the average orc. Their universal rule is if they get shot by a weapon, uh, hit by a weapon that's got a strength of eight or, um, sorry, less than strength eight. So anything up to strength seven, you can only ever wound them on a four plus.
0: That's really good. So uh,
1: also cannons are strength seven off the top of my head. So even if you try and mow down orcs with them, you're still wounded on a four. Just to represent how tough they are. Mm. And then the other half of their um, their trait is that squigs get plus one to wound if they charged. Take all of uh, the squigs. Spoilers, you will be taking all of the squigs because they're really, really good. Um, they, their relic deserves a shout out as well. It's a grenade, yeah, that has been built around a nest of angry squigs. What? So, a stick in a nest of squigs with a big old grenade built around that. What? They throw this massive device, it shatters open, and a load of angry squigs come out that just hurt everything nearby, including the person who threw it.
0: My my poor brain can't comprehend what that looks like.
1: It is (laughs) a it is (laughs) it is a three d six shot grenade that hits on a two plus, regardless of modifiers. Strength five, AP minus one, and after you've thrown it and resolved all that, every unit within six inches takes one mortal wound as the squigs run off. (laughs) That's bananas. And there's lots of banana stuff like that in this book. I've got a feeling that orcs are going to be very, very competitive. Yeah. Um, in particular, so the stratagems and the relics. A lot of so all the stratagems are universal and all the relics are universal. But then each clan has got a single stratagem and a single relic. So it's not like some of the books that we've seen where you've got like five or six stratagems. Arguably, that makes the book a lot easier to use because all the stratagems in the stratagem section can be used by anyone. Uh,
0: the, uh, I mean, I've got the adeptus mechanicus one, and they're the same. So you get one relic, one warlord trait. I, one. I kind
1: of prefer that. There's less. Yeah. Uh, we've mentioned in the past. That there's often lots of choice, and people just gravitate to one anyway. So why yeah. not just make the other ones generic ones, and and just have the good one in the book? Yeah. So that's cool. But orc characters are so good and there's ways of making them even stronger all those stratagems where you're giving people extra relics extra traits you will absolutely be taking them you know might is right is a great one adds one strength and one attack onto it onto your orc warlord as we're seeing a little bit there's some crazy crazy stuff that you can do with an orc warlord <laughs> the,
0: but so uh, so so it should be you like the old yeah, exactly they, they're kind of
1: re- leading the fight they shouldn't be hiding at the back handing out auras and stuff. they need no. to be thick in the fight in, which is cool. uh power of the wire discipline is still there they're essentially the same spells but some shifts. they do get a brand new discipline in the beast head discipline. this is your um your kind of beast snagger spells. it's pretty cool. I don't think we're going to see any uh, hero choices taken to unlock these, though. There's potentially a way you can take all six of these spells by taking three vehicles. That we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, But the spells, basically, you've got um, an aura that um, subtracts two from the advance and charge rolls for a target unit. You've got ways of doing mortal wounds to people. You've got... um, kind of a, an aura mortal wound dealing thing you've got a way of shutting down the benefits of cover so some pretty cool abilities in there um which are really nice crusade wise um there's some fun stuff so the you pick your, you you know you've got your warlord like unusual if you're playing through your crusade and another character ever overtakes them in experience they will immediately challenge the, mm. the, the the leader to a fight and after the game they will essentially have a pit fight. <laughs> and there's you know there's 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 rules to this. You know, they're not complete savages the orcs. You know, if if you've got a death killer war trike, you lose that. If you're on a kill rig, you lose that. If you're on a squig, you lose that as well. So it's man Mano, or orco and orco on forts and they'll start off six inches apart. They can each then try and cast a psychic a psychic psychic power. If they're both alive, they can then shoot each other. And then if they're both alive, they charge in and fight to the death. <laughs> I think so that's awesome. really, really fun. I, I, I love the fact that there's some kind of like, you know, unspoken law to the way you do a pit fight.
0: That's really cool. I mean, th- this was my the most exciting thing for me. when And the thing that really tempted me at Orcs is I knew the Crusade content was going to be... Was going to be good.
1: Yeah, and there's no pulling punches in a pit fight. One person will win, one person will lose. The winner gets to be the warlord of your army. They get some bonus experience, they level up, they, they, they become the warlord, the the loser gets a battle scar immediately. Right. So you could potentially lose the guy who's lost the combat, but, you know, that's the risk you take it leading a tribe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i I think that's really really fun yeah um the other kind of mechanic they've added in there is scrap so using your different agendas and requisitions you can obtain scrap after the battle by like looting vehicles and stealing stuff you can then use that scrap to create um upgrades on your vehicles and uh custom mech jobs so cyborg parts and stuff which is that, really, really fun.
0: Yeah, it sounds quite similar to the um, the cool Adeptus Mechanicus Crusade, where you can build new weapons and stuff and new war gear.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, obviously, those things can be done in match play games as well. You just pay, pay pay points for them. In Crusade, you can't unlock them until you've collected enough scrap to do them. So, And they're very similar to some of the upgrades that we got in the previous Orc Codex. They're just quite thematic. Um so yeah, I, I really like that. I think it looks quite fun. Um onto the units again, more of an overview. Just wanted to touch on a couple of the cool things that we saw in there. Uh DACA has changed. So before, whenever you hit on a six, you immediately got to make another shot. That's changed quite a lot. where now uh DACA is now a weapon type. Mm-hmm. So for example, gazgul thrak has got Morks Raw, which is DACA twelve which means that at full range, he gets 12 shots. But once he gets within half range, he gets 16 shots. Basically represents that they are just firing entire rounds. And the closer they get, the more of them are likely to hit the target.
0: <laughs> it is a little bit like rapid fire, isn't it? But obviously it's not double the shots. It's whatever the second characteristic is. Yeah,
1: it's, it's they, they, and they start with a lot of shots as it is. But most orcs are only hitting on five, so you know yeah. realistically only a few getting through. So you get less spikes. In theory, in the older version, that'd be what you've got the potential of twenty-four shots there. Because if everything rolled on a hit on a six, and then they all hit, that's more shots. It simplifies that and it's less rolling dice. You I start have, with a bucket of dice.
0: I just happen to have been watching a few walk battle reports over the last couple of weeks, uh, for one reason or another. And what I always tend to find when I'm watching orc battle reports. Uh, i think this might happen to you quite a lot when you used to play a lot with your orcs matt is that you would get daka 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 you'd get those sixes but then very rarely did they actually hit when you got them so you were kind of you know it
1: was it was was a fun mechanic
0: but really you were just rolling dice
1: rolling dice for the sake of rolling dice yeah so yeah exactly They've just increased the number of shots everything gets to get around the fact that they can shoot so poorly. And that feels a bit orky in itself, just rolling a bucket full of dice. Um, ramshackle has changed. So before this used to be a rule that trucks had, which is essentially a ward save. But to represent the fact that the, um, the, the the trucks pretty much held together with tape and dreams, if you shot it, a big chunk of it would fall off and it wouldn't matter. And it gave you like a 6 plus ward save they've changed this a little bit, it is now on most vehicles, so all the buggies, I think all the flyers have got it as well and if, as long as a weapon isn't strength 8 or more you subtract 1 from the damage taken on the vehicle to a minimum of 1, that's cool, so all those 2 damage weapons are kind of wasted shooting the orc vehicles which makes the vehicles in themselves a lot more survivable
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that's a good change
0: I mean, we we still have quite a few D6 random weapons as well, so it's going to help a lot with
1: those. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's really fun. And then thought what I'd do is just crawl out a couple of the core cool units. I think once we've had a bit more time with this book, we'll go into a full kind of like deep dive review, and we'll do that on the website as well. But I just wanted to shout out what I think my go-to units are. So, one of my favourite is the Beast Boss on Squiggasaur. Not only is he probably the best name of a unit not only <laughs> got an ace model it's it's just it's just mental dave it's just mental so this is a new hq choice on a squig he's a beast snagger so obviously if fits the the beast snagger vibe of the new stuff it hits on a two plus it's got s- essentially six attacks that hits on strength six ap minus two two damage His squig also makes three additional attacks at strength seven, AP minus three, three damage, and any wound of six inflicts three mortal wounds. Oh, whoa. (laughs) That is good. It is mental. He's got a five plus invulnerable save. You reduce any damage taken on him by one. And he's got a six inch aura to reroll hits of one to core and characters, which is
0: interesting. Yeah. So he gets so, to reroll ones himself. Yeah, that's so, so, that's so something buff, different. Rerolling
1: yeah. ones, all the attacks in the world. Obviously, we saw that uh, Mike makes right trait um, earlier, where he can give. Make, basically, he's got seven attacks at strength seven. Then,
0: yeah, that's this, really interesting. That because um, we've we've seen them go away from characters using their own auras to buff themselves. That's, yeah. um that's a really interesting change. I wonder if they've done that because they orcs and well, it, i mean they it, should be hitting
1: it encourages the character to fight rather than just stand back and buff the orcs yeah that's
0: true
1: so yeah that i i honestly think not even most armies i think most detachments will have one of these in there. you've seen multiple of these within an army if you're playing Snake Bites, so there's a named version mosrog scragbad who, um, he's basically got a better profile, he's got an extra point of strength, he's got an extra attack, He's uh, he's got a 4 and vulnerable save. Yeah, he's really, really cool.
0: Am I right in saying, sorry to, to interrupt you while you're in your flow of the book, can you only take one war boss per detachment?
1: Nope, there's nothing in the book that says you can only take one war boss per detachment. I must have dreamt that. Unless, That's cool. I think it think I has been talked about online, but I can't see anything in here to say that it, they can only take one per detachment Oh, huh, that's very cool so yeah so yeah i think we'll see a lot of uh combat characters now you are restricted by your clan and this is where we might see multiple detachments because everything in the same detachment has to be from the same clan otherwise you don't get the benefits now the way there's way around it there's specialist mobs you can take uh we we'll not go into those too much but basically you could have a, a unit that does a certain thing that you can include in a detachment. I think most people would just have multiple det- detachments drawn from multiple clans. You know, I was talking about a few weeks ago when I was talking about my orcs, that I've got a lot of evil sons, but I wanted to have some snaggers in there, and I wanted to have a goth element in there now that I've painted Gasgul. Realistically, I think that's the way most armies are going to go. You'll yeah. gravitate towards your main core, and then you might have a bit of snagger in there, a bit of goths in there. And have multiple because be, people tend to try and get armies in as few detachments as possible. I don't think that's necessarily what you're gonna to want to do with the with the orcs, which is good. It's a different way of doing the army. It almost
0: feels a little bit like the Dracari in a sense.
1: Yeah, you're bringing together like different clans of orcs under the banner of one, so yeah. Uh orc boys themselves are toughness five. So there was talk of them going up in wounds. That's not happened. Instead they've got tougher. Which is an interesting change. It makes them, you know, the Space Marines are wounding them on fives. Mental. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. The Beast Snagger boys also don't have two wounds. A lot of people thought they were going to be Primaris orcs. They're not. Essentially, they're just stronger. So they're base strength five. Are they toughness five as well? Yep, base strength five, toughness five, hit on threes. It, with their chopper, essentially, they've got three attacks. Yeah, they're pretty good.
0: Yeah, they sound very good.
1: So, yeah, so they're really fun. The new Squig Hogs are, uh, I think we'll see a lot of those as well. No surprises mm-hmm. to, uh, to everyone. But uh, they, again, similar to the, the the character on the Squig, they've got a load of attacks each. Their base strength five, base toughness six. Wow. Three wounds, four plus save um yeah they're crazy the squig gets some extra attacks at the end of it they're, they've moved 10 inches i think they're only 25 points each Ooh. they're super cheap um for each squad of squig boys you can take two knobs on a squig which are a separate unit uh, and they do impact hits when they charge into something there's actually a strategy on that if they charge something and kill it they can immediately make another charge, move into a different target. Ah, oh, that
0: sounds like my More crusher from Age of Sigma.
1: Yeah, so um, so yeah, so they look really fun. I can see a lot of units of six Squig Hog boys, and again, with there's so much cool stuff in here, you're going to want multiple detachments to fit all the stuff in. War bikers are really good now. Toughness five, three wounds each. Hmm. Uh, Daka five, strength five with the Daka on there. Again, they look really good. There's so much stuff I want to take in here. The best unit in the entire book, though, and arguably the best unit in the entire game, has got to be the kill rig, though. Okay. This thing is just bananas good. So, it is a toughness 8 vehicle. Okay, fair enough. It's got 16 wounds. Again, that's pretty tough. It's got a 3 plus save. It is also a transport it can carry 10 beast snagger infantry, and it's only beast snaggers it can carry. It is also a character. It's got the character keyword, even though it's a heavy transport. It is also a psyker. It's got the psychic keyword, even though it's a heavy transport. It knows two spells from the beast head discipline and can cast two psychic powers a turn. It has got a load of guns on it. The main gun is the war tower. 24 inch assault one strength nine AP minus three D6 damage. It automatically hits if you've managed to cast a psychic power that turn. It gets D3 shots instead of one. That's good. That's mental. That is mental, and it's got a load of other guns on there as well. On top of that, it's amazing in combat. It gets about 14 attacks. The weakest being about strength eight. 14 attacks. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it gets it gets six attacks with its saw blades at strength eight AP minus two two damage and it's hitting on threes mind you it then gets uh, another four attacks from the guys on top of it at strength five AP minus one one damage, it then gets another four attacks from the squig itself at strength seven AP minus two three damage mental so yeah it is 190 points that's a bargain. For a tank, gun, psycho, character, combat transport.
0: Jeez. That that's really good. And that yeah, that, that is so good. And, and, I mean you had a look at any of the strat like there quite a few stratagems that you could use on it as
1: well. I I I have I I looked at this and then just my draw jaw hit the ground just <laughs> on, the, on the base. I'm sure there's shenanigans in there. Yeah. Um yeah, it is it is very very, very good. Um, it's got a, because it, basically these are the rigs that go around to capture monsters and stuff. So if it attacks a non-Titan or monster um, and they, they lose any wounds as a result of it, on a 4+, plus, that model can't finish any type of move more than 12 inches away from it. Basically, it harpoons stuff down so it can't run away from it. Good. And then you charge into it and trample it down into the ground. For for 190 points, I think every orc list will have three of these at least. Oof. Well you would only be able... I... oh, no, you can have different. Well, well, have different does... Yeah, I was gonna say the rule, rule of three. Rule of, is... rule of three, you can, have, you, can have, you can have three of them, can't you? Mm. So, but and between those three, you've got the entire beast head psychic discipline as well. Yeah. And potentially. What's that? Nine D three strength, nine AP minus three D six shots a turn, and all the other stuff it does. And it's yeah. mental in combat.
0: That's yeah. so good. It's it's got every face nailed down, hasn't it? It is, um, yeah. There's, there's
1: literally it's... no downside to it. What's the speed of it? Uh it moves twelve inches a turn. Jeez. Now I suppose it's 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 only quote mark's got a three plus save, there's no invulnerable save or anything. Yeah, but, but it's t- toughness eight. Yeah, and and if you you know it's it's got ramshackle as well, so you're reducing one damage on it each time as well. And your mechs can fix it up. <laughs> really? Can they? Because it's a transport. Oh my days! It's a vehicle, yeah. So that's so good. It is. That... I, I honestly think it's the best unit in the game for the points. You, you know, there's a there's a the version you can take the hunter rig, which is the same without the psyker, and you save like twenty five points or something like that. You save thirty points, but you don't get the psyche. You don't get the big psychic gun on it. Honestly, take the kill rig. It's thirty points. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you get yeah. a, you get a psyche. Oh, that's so, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's it's amazing. Uh, a lot of the flyers have been upgraded as well. They're a lot more reliable now. The uh, the Dacker jet gets up to twenty four shots. you <laughs> uh, can potentially give it another twelve if you upgrade it. Again, they're only hitting on fives, but you've got so many strength six. What's that? Thirty-six strength six shots.
0: Some of, some them, some of them, them are, are going to hit, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, the the burner bomber basically dumps knee on a target. So, um, you you pick a point on the battlefield, and you roll a d six for every model within six inches. On a five plus, it suffers a mortal wound, and there's a stratagem then where everything within, I think it's six inches of that those units take additional mortar wounds as well as the fire spreads
0: that's crazy
1: and that's that got a load of guns strapped to it as well you've got the uh, the was bomb blaster jet which yeah uh, it's got a um a heavy d3 strength 10 ap minus 3 d6 damage gun on the front of it crazy. just all sorts of ridiculous stuff so yeah i think orcs are going to be very popular um before we finish, I just want to shout out the Mech Boy Workshop. I really like the model, but I don't think it's going to be taken. So, basically, it's 75 points, and in theory, it's cool. You can park up a vehicle next to it, and a mech can install any of the custom jobs from the book. So the stuff that you need to scrap for in a, a Crusade game. It upgrades yeah. the vehicle, and then at the end of every turn, you roll the dice on a one, the engine drops out, or the weapon falls off or something. That's a really cool buff but i don't think it's worth paying 75 points for. if it was like age of sigma and you got no. for for the chance to get a upgrade for a couple of turns that'd be cool. yeah as, as though, i think you just pay the points for the upgrade surely. yeah cuz i think
0: you that you're probably looking more towards what 25 points to you pay for like an upgrade 10 to 15 points 10 to 15 points. yeah it's um i suppose the only way that you would take I guess you could do that to multiple vehicles if each turn they stopped at the Mech Workshop, which gets around the...
1: Oh, no, actually, you can... No, yes, yeah, I, I, I tell them that. The, the upgrades are between 10 and 30 points. So yeah. potentially, potentially over five turns, you could get more. But then in those last turns, you're not getting the benefit of it anyway. So you'd be better off spending those 75 points on three upgrades that you do want.
0: No, plus, I suppose, your vehicles don't want to be stopping at a Workshop. They want to be in your opponent's face.
1: Yeah, so it's a weird, it's a nice thematic one, I just don't know if it works I the think other... oh, I on. think
0: uh, from a scenery point of view, especially when you've got the new Kill Team scenery, it'll look really cool if you make it like an Orc settlement.
1: Yeah, I, I think just a scenery on the table, I'd go for it If you're going to buy scenery, you'd buy the Big Ed Boss Bunker, the new scenery mm-hmm. piece. So this is literally the head of a Mega Gargan mm-hmm. and as we know, Mega Gargans have got weaponry installed in the eyes the gaze of Gork Mm. and and basically it's a a bunker that can be fortified, you can put a unit inside it, they can shoot, it's got a big laser that shoots out of the eye that's pretty cool, that's more worth it, I feel, than the the workshop
0: yeah,
1: again, I think that's a similar price as well, whether I'd pay the points for it I don't know, I think I'd probably use it as a scenery on there, it's 70 points that, and it comes with a strength 9 AP minus 4, 3 damage gun I'd rather that
0: that's tempting that
1: yeah, see what I mean, it's and it's got a big shooter as well, so that's another five shots, and you can put guys in it. So, yeah, I think that's more useful in the workshop, sadly. And I really like the workshop model.
0: Hmm, it's a nice model.
1: So yeah, that was a super quick look through the orc book. Um, some really cool stuff in there. I think the stronger stuff really is the Beast beastnagger stuff. So the yeah. the the war boss on a squig is amazing. The squig hog boys. Are, i think the 25 points each are amazing that kill hig kill rig is just bananas good and it could easily be like 80 points more and still be yeah. a good price yeah.
0: yeah i'm looking i'm really looking forward to facing your your revised orcs of all this new stuff and I, i'm i'm still get this like inkling that it'd be really cool to have knock i think the fact that i've got i'm really excited for the and Sons getting um a new book in uh the, the new battle box with a new character I think it's keeping me on the straight and narrow and not letting me divert off to the war. But maybe in the future. But it sounds well, like, it, like an incredible book.
1: It's a fun book, and obviously we'll have more when um when the uh when the book comes out itself later this year. I wanna say October. It's gotta be October, surely.
0: Yeah, you would think so. Uh that that does feel like a long time away, but honestly time flies at the moment, so um and hopefully Matt, we'll get to see the Orcs on our stream very, very soon.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Um, maybe it's something Evil Suns themed while I'm painting up the, uh, the Beast Snaggers.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, uh, that brings us to the end of our, our look at the the York Codex. Like Matt said, he's going to get an article on the website at some point in the, in the near future. So keep an eye on spruisingbrews.com for that. And our social media channels will make sure that uh, uh, the link is posted on there once it goes live. We are not done yet, because we do have this week's top three, and that's coming up next. So a couple of weeks ago, we had the second part of Warzone, Charadron, it's Charadron isn't it? Charadron. Charadron, Char- that's it, um, was released. Um, so we decided, for what should have been last week's top three, what three sort of realms slash war zones we'd love to see supplements for across mm. the the worlds of warhammer so quite an interesting one really and um, because there's, there's, there's quite a few war zones that we know about but then there's also areas that you know where, where you know the different conflicts that have been discussed in the lore and stuff that would make great um locations for or um for expansions so matt what, what would be your third
1: choice so my third third choice is Warzone: the eye of terror Mm-hmm, yeah you know I'm a chaos player at heart, and uh it harkens back to the the aya terror campaign, which introduced the 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 lost and the damned army where you had like beast men and traitor guard and stuff i think oh, oh and obviously the the universe has changed quite a lot you've got the uh, the cicatrix maledictum essentially doing the same effect as the Eye of Terror now, haven't you? And the Eye of Terror is kind of yeah. doesn't really come up in the in the current law too much, but it would be nice to if not the Eye of Terror, something set in a plane of chaos. Yeah. And you know what? That could work for both systems as well. It could. So see. Maybe you know you could have a dual a dual release where it's uh, on the 40k side you've got those those renegade factions and demons for your kind of like demon kin style armies and then on the AOS side maybe a campaign focused on the war between the four chaos gods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It'd be really well, set within within the realm of chaos. I think that'd be really fun.
0: Yeah, that that sounds really good. And to be honest, Matt, my third choice. Um, is, is pretty much the Eye of Terror. I mean I've I've written it down as the fall of Cadia. Um so what my thinking behind this supplement was you know, you, you kind of know how it's going to end, but you've got this like the Cadians fighting to the last man. Um you're gonna have a lot of narrative battles in there, um where probably, you know, you you're gonna have sort of Cadians fighting back, fighting a, a, doing a retreat. Um Lots of probably chaos uh, incursions and stuff. Um, Maybe the chance to have some revised data sheets for some cool characters for the guards, such as, um, was his name Creed? Um, The guy who looks like Winston Churchill. (laughs) I I love that character. I'll have to pick him up at some point if if he's still available. I think he's fine cast now. Um, But yeah, very similar to what you said. Obviously the same area of space. The final days of Cadia. I think that'd be really cool.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh your second choice, Matt. So my second choice would be the realm of Orgu Heesh, the twin realm. Now, you know, there's some there's some elves in the in Heesh and you know. Good job, Jay, isn't on the podcast to be like, Oh yeah, elves we can get some more elf expansion, maybe get Tyrion in there. And this <laughs> is true. That would be a good opportunity to include him. And for the Orgu side you could look at um Malarian and maybe introduce him. They, yeah. In in AOS, they've tended to release these big characters through these kind of narrative supplements, haven't they? So that was my logic, something based around the twin realms and get Tyrion and, and Malarian in there. And also maybe tie it to Slanesh finally escaping, because yeah. uh, obviously the, the the twins originally I thought was going to be the rebirth of Slanesh. they are technically just his offspring, and they yeah. are now trying to help him escape from the outside, aren't they? So They're
0: their own new characters, aren't they? Yeah, Rather so we're still
1: me. we're still kind of drawing towards Slaanesh finally escaping at some point, and I imagine things going badly for both Orgu and Heesh when that happens. Yeah. Can we just
0: take, it's a shame Jay's not on this week's podcast, can we just take a moment to look at those new dragons and then slightly consider what a new Tyrion on Dragon would look like?
1: It'd be so cool. It'd be so cool. Be I'm just a little bit yeah. amused at the fact that the uh, the Lumineth can't take these dragons if they are Stormcast.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, my second choice, actually, Matt, is also in the Mortal Realms. Is it? Um, but I've decided to focus it on the realm of Azir. So uh, we hear a lot about it. It's the only realm so far that doesn't have its own kind of rules. At least I don't think so. I've not missed that, have I? No, it's, there's no,
1: it's, it's, to, it's it. no, there's no battles in there. The the gates are barred currently. So we know, obviously,
0: Gordrak wants to lead uh, a, an Orokami into there. I think if they did like a realm of Azir supplement, we might see the prospect of big games of Sigma and a lot more in there. I mean, we have got seed rules in um, the core rules, but maybe that further expanded, but more so apocalypse sized Age of Sigma games. And it would be nice to read. I mean, the great thing about Age of Sigmar, law is it's ever it's it's just getting better and better with every book that they put out. And we are starting to get this idea of what these cities look like for the Stormcast and the the humans uh, or mortals that inhabit Azir. But to have an a- actual supplement that is, is dedicated to would be fantastic. And it, I mean, it obviously would be the perfect chance to unleash Sigmar um into the into the mortal realms as an actual miniature with rules oh, that would be outstanding absolutely yeah, yeah. outstanding. I mean
1: let's face it if his ear gets invaded it ain't gonna be Gordrak who does it is it Archeon is currently breaking down the door to his from the varon spire isn't he they yeah. are slowly corrupting the door with Varanite. that door is going to give it some point isn't it
0: Let's be honest, there's a lot of people with beef with Sigmar. You know, I'm sure Nagash would like to get his hand on the keys. Kragnos, you know, he might want to bash uh, his way into his ear. But yeah, I think you're right. Arkham probably is going to be the one that that cracks open that door. But yeah, I think it would make a fantastic supplement. And then I think we will get, I think we will get at one point with how the Age of Sigmar story is evolving and the fact that they've hinted at this over you know the the, the the books and stuff, even as far back as when the original line Jaws book came out. Um I think eventually we will see stuff happening in the realm of Azir.
1: Yeah, the laws the laws fluid and we're not constrained. Forty K is constrained by the history, really, isn't it? it Where is. AOS can go whichever way the writers want it to go. Yeah, yeah. It's I like,
0: I the, the, I do really like Forty K, but if you take for example when we were coming into um, when we had the Indomitus Crusade, when we were going into 8th edition, we're in 9th edition now, aren't we? Mm. So when we were going into 8th edition, obviously, we had uh, Cypher and Gulliman um, end up on terror. Like, that could have been such an epic thing, but in the end, it kind of, you know, Cypher kind of disappeared because kind of got an idea of what he was after, and it kind of petered out a little bit, and then you see Gulliman go in, speak to the Emperor, come out, and he launches this crusade. Age of Sigmar has the ability to just destroy Azir. <laughs> you know yeah, they're, they're not worried about just annihilating it. You'll never terror will never go. You know there'll, there'll be lots of battles over terror. Here. A ter- terrier? <laughs> not, not a little dog. Uh, there'll be lots of battles over terror. Terror in in in, in future um, 40k books, but I don't think we'll ever see it get destroyed or forever be corrupted by chaos or anything like that. Whereas the realm of Azir, you could absolutely see that happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, potentially. Uh, We're round to our top choices. Matt, what is yours? Well, it's funny you should mention Terror, Dave, Mm -hmm. because my top choice is Warzone, the Siege of Terror. Now, we know know Horus Heresy is coming out. We know that it's currently supported by a load of uh, big, expensive black books. If it's taken in-house, I could see them go the Warzone style for these and have a supplement for the various conflicts there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Istvan, you know, you could have the battle in the webway and you could of course have the Siege of Terror itself. You know, we've seen mm. it enacted throughout the Siege of Terror novels, which are mind-blowingly good. Imagine a supplement allowing you to play those battles
0: that would with your Horus
1: Heresy armies.
0: That would be so good.
1: Now, I imagine yeah. it probably wouldn't be one book. It would be a series of books, but yeah, just being able to play those games and, Again, we're probably talking... I mean, Heresy is a bigger game anyway, but you're talking big games of Heresy, aren't you?
0: You are. Yeah, very big games. Would you like to see something like that for 40k? Like a, a battle, a war zone on Terra?
1: What, well, a second siege of Terra? Yeah. It happened in the Gathering Storm, but again, it was a bit kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, you know, if I think it is leading up to Archeon invading Terra. You know, we've seen... We've seen uh, Metallica pretty much neutered. We've seen Archeon pulling the strings in the background. Do, do you mean Belakor? Belakor? No, Archeon. Archeon pulling the strings in the background. Archeon, Archeon was the one who uh, instructed Typhus to take out Metallica. Belakor stole away a, a planet for his own his own goals. He's
0: oh, loyal right. to
1: Archeon, but uh, they're, they're, they're by no means best mates. You don't Archeon, mean a bad uh, sorry, Abaddon. Yeah, sorry, Abaddon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Abaddon is the yeah. mastermind pulling the strings behind everything. So uh, I can see him leading a third, I guess, Siege of Terror at some yeah. point. Yeah. I, I mean, Archeon would probably give it a good go.
0: He would, he absolutely, he doesn't need an excuse, does he? Take
1: sure the Slayer it. of Kings, that'll sort out the Emperor.
0: Yeah, trap him in the sword it's because chaos like to to give their um big bad guys uh, names that begin with a exactly so, um, exactly it's just to just to, to confuse things <laughs> speaking of the letter a <laughs> what a transition this is uh, my my top choice is warzone armageddon Ooh.
1: um
0: I, I think um I, i've not seen the community top 3 but i think this might be a popular one i, I could eat my words by the end of this podcast but i just think what was so good about Armageddon was the amount of factions that were involved. Um, now, it, it obviously the original conflicts that came before, there's been three wars of Armageddon, hasn't there? There's the the big chaos one, the first one, and the orcs for the, the next two. I would actually like to see a war zone in Armageddon based on the current time frame. I would like to see the arrival of um, Angron. Uh, I think that would be really awesome, um, and how that would interact with, like, the orcs that are fighting on there and, and obviously you've got the the steel legion um fighting on there as well the only thing I, I mean i don't i would have said you know we might have seen the steel legion is like expanded for the astro militarum um at, at some point but because we've got a new plastic death corpse coming i think that's less likely now would you agree
1: i think the the death Corps take the um kind of trench coat vibe don't they they that. do and arguably, are more popular than the Steel Legion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that might be a, you know more unlikely to happen, but um, I still think I'd like to see some content on Armageddon and, and definitely the Return of Angron. Um And like I say, it's there's just so many because obviously the problem with some of these supplements is they're very focused on a couple of armies. Although you know the rules sort of state well, there might be a reason why the Drakari here or what whatever, but at least with Armageddon there's a lot of factions already involved or have been involved um, to make it easier to get those people, those armies, to take part in the the narrative. And so, yeah, that's um, that's, that's definitely gonna be my top choice. Love to see some content on Armageddon. They are our top three choices. We have got one final segment of the podcast left. It's the Community Top Three Picks, and that's coming up next. It's time to throw the floor open to the community to choose their top three supplements they'd like to see across the worlds of Warhammer. Matt, what do we have?
1: Well, both Fabius Fulgrim and Vincent Notley have taken this in a slightly different way and picked their favourite existing uh, supplement, which is fine. Fabius Fulgrim says Codex Armageddon, Vigilus Ablaze and the Book of Rust. And Vincent Notley says Vigilant, Defiant, Vigilus Ablaze and Wrath of the Everchosen. Yeah, they're some pretty good books. I enjoyed them. I do like mm. the uh, the narrative supplements. On to Immortan Joe says he'd like to see Warzone Enigma Harlequins defending the Black Library and the Webway from a surprise attack from multiple factions. Oh. That sounds really cool, doesn't it? I imagine a supplement set around the Black Library. Yeah. That'd be so cool. War in the Webway. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. Uh, Warzone Obscurus. The Gene Stealer Courts fight a vicious shadow war with the Tau until the Hive arrives. That's cool. That's Tau right. versus Tyranids, uh, and then Warzone Armageddon, the Red Angel, Angron. Yeah, it's all it's all gearing up for. But I mean, in 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 the main rulebook, we've got talk of orcs being more aggressive than usual and the Red yeah. Angel appearing. Corn orcs maybe. Corn orcs. That'd yeah, be cool. so. uh, Chris Skinner said Icar 4 so that was a, a planet in the um, ultramarine space wasn't it okay. uh, Ultima Segmentum uh, where I think there was a Tyranid or Gene Stealer infestation and they sent the Penal Legion to go sort them out the last chances <laughs> I'd really like to see the Penal Legion uh, brought into the game you can have a, uh, a Penal uh, after the force, can't you with, but I I, I, I don't think the old exploding collars and stuff are too family friendly anymore. Are they? No, not really. But I quite liked, I quite liked that. The, uh, the last chances they were called. I think Mark, is that the, the war where Marnius Calgar got, um, uh, taken down the first time? Could be. Like Two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe we'll see we'll see some uh, follow up to that in the new it flavored uh, Warzone Octarius book coming I mean, in the next few months. That'd be cool. Uh, and then finally, Darren Winter says the Cadian Gate, the Webway, and Vigilus. Uh, however, it, they've got some thirty k options as well: Portmore and the Coroner Deeps, Moloch, and Pluto. Yeah, I'd, I I really hope that we see some like Warzone books for the. The Horus Heresy, it makes it a bit more affordable than those big leather bound books and gives you some more different locations to fight your battles in.
0: Yeah, I, I think I mean, they could go two ways with the Horus Heresy because at the moment it, it almost feels like a bit of a gentleman's club where you, you do need to have big pockets, don't you, to play Heresy? Yeah, um, even just to buy the rules, you know, they could keep it like that. But I don't think that's what they do. They'd, they'd want to open the floor to new people to get involved, to get playing Heresy. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, yeah. currently, currently to get all the rules, you're talking about £1,000 just for the rules to play Heresy. But so this is for all the, you know, obviously this all supplemental stuff that's not required to play. But if you did want all those books, it's a lot of money, isn't it?
0: That's a lot of money. A lot of money. I'd rather spend that on minis. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I could buy you a couple of units of a uh, solar exilia for that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, what is next week's top
0: three, Matt?
1: So obviously we've 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 had some fairly awesome starter sets come out recently. We've got the amazing looking kill team box coming out at some point in the future. So we want to know your top three miniature game starter sets. I've left that suitably vague. And yes, for the purposes of this, I am going to include Indomitus and Dominion as a starter set as well.
0: Cool. Excellent stuff. You can get your choices in via social media early, uh, over on Twitter uh, at Spruise and Brews, or over on our Facebook page. Or alternatively, alternatively, you can wait until the post goes up a couple of days before and pop a comment on there, and uh, we'll read out as many as we can next week. Hopefully, we should have a full team. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed. And um, hopefully, we won't have any more technical uh, hiccups. So we'll be we'll be bang on schedule again um, next week. Um thank you for bearing with us last week. Very much appreciated. Uh, we hope this episode has been worth the wait. Uh, and I'm definitely um, gonna go away and not think about buying any orcs. Um <laughs> I really want to. Uh but I won't. Um until next week, have a great week of hobby and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Spruz and Bruce Podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruisandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruisandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash